and welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gorman, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by the Bodhi to my Utah, the Ted to my Bill, <laughs> the Morpheus to my Neo, Whitney Nelson. Hello, everybody. I'm happy to be your Morpheus. Anyone who <laughs> would like to call me their Morpheus is welcome. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you got to switch it up. I didn't want to always take the role of Keanu, so it's, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm Bo. you know, you're Bodhi, you're, yeah. you know, it works, it works. I, I kind of agree to being Bodhi, Ted, and Morpheus. That's pretty okay with me. It's <laughs> perfect. All right, cool. All right. <laughs> we, we've been doing this long enough where I think we have the roles all sorted out, so that makes it, it yeah, all we, feels we pretty good. Too, which is why we missed Evan so much. Right. I don't even know who he would have been um, <laughs> in terms of those other characters. I, I, it doesn't. Maybe he would be the the Rufus in the Bill and Ted scenario. I don't know. Just some kind of aloof time traveler gets us back on track. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> but anyway, this is a big episode. The end of the end of a season. And at the end of a season, we always have our reckoning. So welcome, one and all. We're, we are here to be called to account and made to atone. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have some big changes. It's going to be great. But we have a lot to get through. I have a couple of big changes and a, a few not big changes. Like a, a fair amount is going to stay the same. Yeah, I would say don't let, let's let's not get too crazy here. People. Yeah, I was going to say let's, let's not we're jumping ahead. <laughs> but <laughs> so uh, up top, as always, uh, I want to mention you can find the website at coolbreezepod.com. Email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. A lot of you have done that over the past uh, day or so. We got uh, a lot of us. feedback. And I got to say, I'm <laughs> loving it. I love all of you. It's amazing. We love the feedback. So keep sending it. Yeah, absolutely. Questions, thoughts. I just want to hear your general musings, even if they don't have anything to do with Keanu. Keep sending them in because I'm really into it. Yeah, it's been great. It's been really great. And I don't know if you saw Twitter just literally maybe hours ago released a feature that lets you send voice tweets. Which Yeah, I still don't have that feature yet, so... Yeah, I have it on, it's weird, I don't have it on my main account, but I have it on the Cool Breeze account, go figure, which is, it's like, well, okay. that's because Cool Breeze is cooler than you individually. <laughs> yeah. It's greater than the sum uh-huh. of its parts, which is why uh-huh. I don't have it on my Twitter and you don't have it on your Twitter, but we have but, it on the Cool Breeze Twitter. <laughs> exactly. It makes total sense. That all checks out. Uh, let's see, what else can we do here? Uh, if you are live watching on the uh, Periscope or Twitch, uh, please feel free to chime in with your two cents uh, throughout this. We'll be taking questions. We have a bunch that we have to get through, uh, but if you pile on a few more, I'm sure we can like kind of work those in too, yeah, or we we'll might answer them. You. A lot of questions have been asked. It's great. And then uh, finally, if you want to be excellent to us, uh, please just go ahead on your platform of choice, iTunes or Spotify or whatever. Give us a five-star review, uh, write a review, all that good stuff helps helps bubble us up to the surface of the of the and get more people on board. In here. the in the endless sea of podcasts that can easily <laughs> uh, knock a ship over and drown everyone aboard. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I can't even imagine since we have been quarantined how many people have turned to podcasts as their coping mechanism and, and kind of like, let's just do this. It just must be a surge. Not Hey, not complaining, just yeah. saying. It's got to be a lot. When people ask what I'm passionate about, I have a very hard time coming up with answers, except for a better way to find new small podcasts. There you go. There you go. iTunes should not be the arbiter of how you find podcasts because iTunes is so biased. It's true. And it's people that already have audiences that get into the new and noteworthy on podcasts. It's people who are well-known bloggers or people who are well-known comedians or people who already have a following of some kind, authors. When they start a brand new podcast, they get into new and noteworthy, but no one else ever really does. And I feel like a a better way of doing sort of like a Spotify thing of like recommending music that you haven't heard yet, but they think you might like based on their AI. I think we need something like that. But yeah. I, of course I have no, absolutely zero like technical capabilities <laughs> so i can't make one of those it's just the thing that i'm most passionate about the world having a lot of ideas so i'm just gonna keep talking until like some developer comes to me and says <laughs> i can make this and then i'm like great 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 let's work together on this <laughs> yeah we'll figure it out you Th be the bank i'll be the money <laughs> we'll put the call out yeah mm -hmm. there you go consider this your way to find new podcasts but until then Rate us five stars on whatever you listen to us because that way we find more people. So we're starting off with the listener mailbag, oh. which is emails from a few of our regulars, a few new folks that we just wanted to share. Uh, we are starting out with Zoe, who wrote in kind of about season three overall, just opinions on season three. Zoe? <laughs> this has been a classic season in my eyes. Zoe says, so many great films interspersed with so much guff. True facts, Zoe. <laughs> Zoe goes on to say, typically Keanu, always keeping you guessing. Love him for that. My thing with Keanu is that he's been with me for most of my life since I was a teenager. His films were my refuge for one reason or another. I watched them purely as entertainment and have never been that critical of them. I only ever wanted to feel better leaving the cinema. So listening to you all talk about the films has opened my eyes to a certain extent. But it's also brought me to people who hold Keanu in as much affection as I do. So thank you for that. And all I have to say is thank you, Zoe. Because we feel kind of the same way. That's why this whole podcast started to begin with, is just finding more people to talk about it with. And I think there's just as much argument for enjoyment without a critical thinking as there is for critical thinking about something that you enjoy or something that you're consuming entertainment-wise and what is good about it and what is bad about it and why it's good and why it's bad, I think... It's good to try and keep a healthy dose of both. I try Absolutely. to keep my right brain and my left brain separate while I'm watching and have half of it be the totally absorbed entertain and half of it be the critical. If I can't do that, then I usually just like watch it once to be entertained and then watch it once to, <laughs> for critical review. Yeah. But that's something that was trained into me in film school is trying to keep both aspects in mind at the same time without ruining the experience on one end or the other. So I'm right there with you. It's fun to talk about things in a more critical eye, especially when some of it is very not serious stuff. 
But it's also good to look at things and say, why is this good? And why is this bad? And why does this fall down? And and what the sort of like social repercussions of certain things are. I think it's always a, a healthy exercise. Absolutely. I think that was one of the things we, we talked about early on yeah. when we were watching like 80s Keanu, where we're like, how are we examining this? Yeah. Well, stuff like Johnny Mnemonic. Like jo- Johnny Mnemonic is... <laughs> a great movie in some respects and a terrible movie in other respects. And what is its lasting impression on humanity and why is like an interesting question to ask. <laughs> yeah. When you're looking at the giant stuffed dolphin in the tank and you're like, what's going on here? Why is this relevant? <laughs> That's important. Yeah. I found myself asking what's going on here in Johnny Mnemonic quite a lot. So... <laughs> But yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I think so that we a have lot. A, another one following up in a similar vein. We have an email from Anita, I think is how you say it. It might be Aneta. I'm not sure. But mm-hmm. they say, I didn't start your podcast until you were in the middle of season three, but have binged through almost every episode in the past month. Amazing. Thank you. Nice. They say, I rarely look for deeper meaning in movies, but I honestly love how you review every movie with a critical eye, even the bad ones like Henry's Crime and Generation Um. And then in parentheses, sorry, <laughs> with three exclamation marks. And hmm. I got to say, Anita, I am also sorry <laughs> for watching that movie. <laughs> wait, wait, but wait, it's part wait, of wait. our job. Hold on a second. Hold. You're going to put Generation Um and Henry's Crime on the same level, though? No, Those were Henry's not. Crime is way better than Generation Um. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Okay. I'm just saying, right. I'm also sorry that I had to watch Generation <laughs> Up. Okay. I got it. And then Anita says, thank you for spreading the Keanu love, and I'm looking forward to listening to whatever you cover next. Hopefully Neat. we have some news for you, Anita. <gasps> oh, my. We might have saved that for literally the last for part literally of the, show. the very last thing. We want to keep you until the very end with sorry or not sorry. You know that's how the Da Vinci Code sold so many copies is leaving every chapter on a cliffhanger. That's so if it. we can do it, if we can string you along until the end, why wouldn't we? That works. We also have a message from Lily, who says, "Greetings from Belgium. I don't listen to many podcasts, but love Keanu, so I'm here." Thank you all for all of the laughs. And while I don't always agree with your feelings on the films, it is nice to sit and listen to you have a discussion. It's like being with friends. Looking forward to more episodes with all of you and party on, dudes. Nice. Awesome. Thank you, Lily. Belgium. (laughs) So cool. (laughs) Love your fries. Love your chocolate. It's great. Love your tartines. Yeah. A person of culture, clearly a person of culture. Everything that they have in Belgium, and they chose our podcast to listen to. Okay, so Belgium we're in good company. Is like the epicenter of most of Western Europe. So there we go. There we go. It's, it's a melting pot and a cultural hotspot, <laughs> and full of people with intelligence and ideas. So that <laughs> Lily, that that one's for you. Zoe also said, love your beer, which is a very, yes, Belgian beer. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Belgian beer, for sure, 100%. Great beer. Oh, my. Thank you, Lily. We love you. And then finally, we have Claire Marinello, who reached out on Twitter with the following short story, which says, I just got to your hardball episode. 
I don't know about all white people, but I and my sister's Girl Scout troop were surely shocked. We were only 10 to 12 years old and sought for a, quote, media research badge. <laughs> we had to try to predict the plot from the trailer, and we did not succeed. <laughs> There's a small follow-up to this story that I forgot to paste in here. Claire followed up and said, Whatever level of discomfort you're picturing, please add 10 points for this being <laughs> the same week as 9-11. One oh, girl my. in the troop couldn't come because her mom didn't want her going out, quote, while we were at war. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, man. That yeah. is. I remember that week. That was Ooh. weird. I was in California. Like, you could not be further away from 9-11 at the time. And yeah. grocery stores were closed and Disneyland closed. It's a big deal when Disneyland closes. Like, that's how you know how big a deal COVID-19 is, is how right. long both Disneyland and Disney World have been closed. Because outside of 9-11, there's a handful of days in which Disneyland was closed. And it's that was crazy. one of them. And that was one of the biggest deals in Southern California. So... Hmm. I totally get not wanting a troop meeting to happen because of it, because <laughs> everyone was. But yeah, that's that's a lot. Uh, I don't think that I was shocked by the hardball episode. But I, again, I was 36 when I watched hardball and not 10 <laughs> to 12 years old. Sure. So yeah. I feel like uh, my worldview was a little bit more prepared for that movie. <laughs> I couldn't imagine being like, I don't know how they marketed that movie when it was, when it was out. I it just, it's like that escapes me, but like mm -hmm. you figure like it's a, from the marketing, it was probably like, it's kids on a baseball team and well, the coach is Keanu Reeves. It to be like Mighty Ducks or something. Yes, and instead, that's exactly it. it's, yeah, no, it's very different than, it's like. And I know I've talked about this before, and I'm sure I'll talk about it again because it was such a big deal to me. But how the movie Catfish was advertised versus <laughs> what it was. Yeah. Being like a Blair Witch sort of mystical thriller. And then actually just being a documentary about a sad old lady who wanted to <laughs> have contact with somebody. Got hoodwinked. And, like, I'm fine with that as a documentary about a sad old lady who's finding people on the internet to catfish because they want a personal connection. That's fine, if that's what you're selling me. I don't want to go to the theater expecting some crazy found footage Blair Witch style something and then getting a documentary about a sad lady. <laughs> right, please don't and I feel do like that. I'm sure that Hardball was the same sort of thing, where it was, like, Angels in the Outfield or Mighty Ducks or one of those kinds of kid sports <laughs> movies, Little Giants or something. And then yeah. it being what it was would definitely be a bit of a shock. Sure. Especially, I think, I seem to remember that there was pretty strong language in that movie, even yes, though it was cut that, down significantly. Especially for 10 to 12-year-olds in a Girl Scout yeah. group. The language is probably more shocking even than than the... Yeah. Claire, I hope you got your media badge. <laughs> so I hope so. <laughs> and I hope you're not too traumatized <laughs> by that culmination of events with all of that happening. But now, Andrew, it is time for you to pull out your big data machine. Oh, my gosh. And all of the facts and figures that you have fed into it. 
over the last season of the podcast and give me some dirt on <laughs> where we are with the big data machine. We have some great stuff, some truly great stuff, even though this season, as you're about to hear, was not the strongest season. So <laughs> here we go. Um, season three, if you were following along with us, that means that you also watched 28 hours and six minutes worth of Keanu movies, which was an average of about one hour, 45 minutes per movie, which is mm -hmm. pretty cool. Okay. And about 14 hours too many. <laughs> all right. All of those movies could have been cut in half. Not all still of them, been fun. but a lot of them. And some of them could have been not made and still be fine. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, and we'll get to some of those. So, yeah. Uh, that also means that we talked about Keanu movies according to our episode lengths for 23 hours and four minutes. And we are. We are great at averaging that 90, that sweet spot of 90 minutes per episode, just under. So we, 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 save, you, we save you 15 minutes on average <laughs> from watching the movie, or we cost you an extra hour and a half if you've both watched the movie and then listened to us talk about it. Right. That's the real, you know, that's the real problem right there. Um, but yeah, the whole truth was our shortest episode at just 54 minutes. Longest episode was The Bad Batch, which will be in your feeds tonight. It's done. I just didn't put it out. That was just over two hours and uh, two hours, six minutes, roughly. And boy, what an episode that was. I can't wait for y'all, if you weren't live, to hear how that turned out. <laughs> that was quite an episode. We, we really, I mean. <laughs> Some of the chapter markers include cannibalism <laughs> yeah. as a choice. Yes. <laughs> Today, when I was getting ready to come up here into my podcasting closet, my boyfriend said that uh, he had walked past and heard my effusive advocacy of cannibalism. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It was not effusive advocacy of cannibalism. It was just a non-opposed stance to cannibalism, which I guess to some people could be effusive advocacy. You dared people to find someone more delicious than you. So I'm just. <laughs> oh, I believe that wholeheartedly. <laughs> I will go so, to my grave believing that I'm more delicious than the average person to eat. All right. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, the, the average critical rating of our season three films was 44%, which, mm -hmm. which hurts. Mm -hmm. uh, the average audience score. <laughs> was 45%. So that's down. Uh, not, that doesn't sound, it sounds worse than it is. Last season, season two, the critical score was also 44%. The audience score was 58. And then our first season was our strongest season. Critical score averaged at 68%. But keep in mind that the first like two thirds of season one aren't, don't have a critical score. That's very true, right? Because it was like every maybe and some of them didn't even have an audience score because yeah, some of that early early stuff in Canada doesn't have a like right. an, a, a a page in Rotten Tomatoes. It doesn't <laughs> exist as far as Rotten Tomatoes is concerned. Right, they're like that's not a thing. Don't do that. Don't do that. Whitney, you and I are 
completely in sync this season. Our recommendations are identical. Every time we decided not to recommend or recommend a film, mm-hmm. the, the other one was on the same exact page, which is mm-hmm. very cool. Very cool. Uh, we had six films this season that none of us recommended. That is including the third chair. That would that would be the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, that feels about right. Like I've gone through past seasons and in ratio to how many films we've watched, uh, six feels about right for the 17 films, right? About a third. <laughs> we were sure, like, nah, yeah. don't, don't yeah, do it. About a third. Uh, as of this recording, which is today, I pulled the numbers, our top five most downloaded episodes, and this is excluding things released this season because it didn't feel, it felt weird to have like exposed, which was just like a few weeks ago. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But as of this recording, top five most episode, uh, most downloaded episodes look like this. Point Break, The Matrix, The Devil's Advocate, My Own Private Idaho, and Speed. And that is not what I would have expected, truly. At all. I think that everything but my own private Idaho makes total sense. Point Break makes sense because when we talked about this podcast before we even started, everyone was like, I can't wait till you cover Point Break. Yeah. I mean, that that one feels right. The Matrix makes sense and Speed makes sense because they're, in my opinion, his two biggest pre-John Wick like high spots. The Devil's mm. Advocate is pretty controversial, so I can see people wanting <laughs> to know what, what people had to say about The Devil's Advocate. What surprises yeah. me is my own private Idaho. I could have swore that, I, you know, it just felt like like Bill, like Excellent Adventure should be up there. But I feel uh, like everyone knows how they feel about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I feel like some of this is people seeking outside opinion on stuff that they weren't quite sure on themselves or have mixed feelings about, like The Devil's Advocate. Uh, and that's why I think my own private Idaho would be on this list. But I... I don't necessarily, I would not have expected it at all. Yeah. It's, um, it's cool. I, Hey, I, I like I list. Mean, those are, I mean, you're looking at those and then I compare it to my top 10. And I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Quite a big overlap there. So that's mm-hmm. good. Uh, our least downloaded episodes, again, excluding ones released this season look like this. I'm going to read them in the reverse order because that's these would be the bottom five mm-hmm. <laughs> in descending order. Permanent Record, Ellie Parker, One Step Away, The Prince of Pennsylvania, and then the, the dead, dead last is Flying <laughs> slash Dream to Believe, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is, it's crazy. It's crazy. That is crazy because, I mean, honestly, Flying was not good, but also it's like a super niche kitschy 80s gymnastics movie and so I actually feel like I like for example Generation Um is wait is that in season three was Generation Um in season three yeah that's this season yeah well by by the time we get to the next either reckoning or when we finish up I'll compile a similar list one step away Ellie Parker and permanent record I'm totally on board with all of them because they are some of my <laughs> less favorite movies, but also they're more obscure, I feel. Prince sure. of Pennsylvania is interesting to me on that list. Uh, but I feel like Flying would have a higher just overall audience count because people like kitschy niche 80s movies. Yeah, I can get behind that. There's a bunch. I mean, there's a bunch that I felt like were more obscure and not as like, I thought like maybe Little Buddha would be down there, but... um no, because Little Buddha is one of the ones that like a lot of us had heard of. 
even if we hadn't seen yeah. it. I guess it, it might also have to do with the access. I feel like the awareness is a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, some of these were not even, like, available unless you illegally pirated them. Yeah. Which we did not. No. No, it's impossible. Mm-mm. We, we are very law-abiding citizens. It's all on the up and up here. Mm-hmm. Cool Breeze HQ. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another cool thing is on this season, we had five different co-hosts sitting third chair, four of them brand new to the show. So we had Asia Romano return, which mm-hmm. was wonderful. I hope to have her back uh, before. We, have, we literally have 10 episodes left. So I'd love to have her back on for one of them. And we have a lot of great movies in that 10. So mm-hmm. pretty cool. Eric Hall, Lindsay Nelson, of course, mm-hmm. Elizabeth Nordenholt, and mm-hmm. Eric Smith. So everyone, of it's a big round of applause for them all showing up, doing the homework. It's a little mm-hmm. bit of a... You know, it's a little bit of work to do this. You got to like watch the movie, formulate thoughts. It is. It is. You can't just show up and say stuff. You have to like take some notes and and absorb some media and really think about it because we're going to ask you to talk critically about it. So it's not like a, a thing you can just hop hop into feet first without any prep. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final uh, data point uh, from the big data machine, surprising no one, Whitney, uh, you have the most pop quiz asshole wins this season with nine total, <laughs> which is half, of that's course. 50%. <laughs> yeah, that's 50%. Yeah. Damn it. Uh, I didn't feel like I did that well this season. I feel like I was usurped a lot more. There were some surprise, you know, there were some surprise wins there. Yeah. I got five, which <laughs> I feel pretty comfortable with. And then Asia and Lindsay both have a, have a win under their belt as well. Mm-hmm. So that's great. That's mm-hmm. very cool. Mm-hmm. I have a, a couple other cool things, data things. I'm not going to like – I think what I'll try to do is maybe put together like a cool infographic or something and just throw it up on Twitter. But I keep like that running list of the things we recommend, don't recommend, lots of percentages and averages and stuff. So it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Now – we're getting to listener questions. I'm going to let you talk for a little bit now. <laughs> well, yeah. we got to answer these together, but you, we you really answer these together. Yeah. So we reached out on our last live episode and also posted on Twitter for all y'all to send us your favorite movie of this season, your least favorite movie of this season, and what you think was the most overlooked movie of this season. We also put out a call for questions just sort of in general, and you guys really responded you really came in with your questions which <laughs> yes. is amazing um so we started at first to to group these by by person who asked them so we're starting with jody's questions jody Farachi or Farasi. i'm still not sure which one it is is it a hard c or a soft c jody let I think us know it's the, i think it's chi for yeah i think, I think it is i remember too. i pronounced it correctly the first time but then i can't remember what episode that was <laughs> so i can't reference so jody it. has a couple of questions Jody asks, how do you all know one another? What? <laughs> how and do we know each other? kind of a long story, Jody, <laughs> in which um, we are friends with a very large cir- circle of mutual friends who all come mm-hmm. out of a once popular blog in Philly called Geekadelphia. Yeah. But Andrew and I, I think, Never hung out in person 
except mm. for that Wii U party. <laughs> and maybe two weddings, maybe one wedding. Yeah, I feel like also maybe a Geek Awards or two. I was always Definitely working Geek at the Awards. Geek Awards. Yeah, you were working yeah. and I was audience at the Geek Awards. But every year, Geekadelphia would get together like a group of Philadelphia teachers, people in STEM, people who are making comic books, people who are running comic books, movie makers, all sorts of people in different fields that could be fall under the umbrella of geek. And we gave yeah. them, we did like a black tie Academy Award style award show. And it was amazing. I'm sad that it's gone. But I was at all of those for the last three years of the Geek Awards. Um, so we Very were cool. in a lot of same places at the same time. But we really weren't friends until we started doing this podcast. Like I followed Andrew on Twitter and Facebook forever because we're part of the same sort of friend circle. Um, yeah. But we definitely didn't know each other, know each other. Um, and then Andrew posted on Facebook one day and was like, <laughs> who would be interested about talking in who would be interested in talking about Keanu like a lot? And I said, me. Uh-huh. And Andrew had listened to me talk about video games on another podcast. And he was That's like, right. you're definitely in. And that was how this happened. That's it. Nailed it. That's the whole thing right there. That's the whole thing. That's the whole <laughs> friendship. And honestly, like we were definitely friendly. There's one picture of us together from that Wii U party <laughs> that yeah, Andrew found. I can post like. that. I'll post that on the Twitter account. It's but we hilarious. really didn't like hang out or know each other super well. We were not what I would consider friend friends until we started doing this podcast. And now it's harder to be closer bonded with a person than than you are after doing three seasons of piano movie watching <laughs> with them. Right. This is, it's all, it's like the, the only step after this is like blood oath, you know, yeah, like, exactly. that's the situation. Yeah. So yeah, where we're like spitting in one another's palms or, or <laughs> mingling blood or something. Yeah. This is, Perfect. this is really trial by fire for friendship. Yeah, we did it. Mm-hmm. We're doing we it. We did. We did. We're in it. Oh man. Okay. Good. So that was a good question. All right. It was a great question. So now the next question from Jody is, Who's your favorite non-Keanu actor and favorite actress? Oh, my. Jody. This is like a crazy hard question. And honestly, it changes all the time. Like (laughs) the mood I'm in today is not the mood I'm going to be in tomorrow. And my answers are going to change. I have to say, I thought about this a lot. I did not think about favorite actress a lot. But I did think about favorite actor a lot. And I think my all-time favorite actor is stanley tucci (gasps) the tooch the tooch i love it i Um, love it i was thinking about it in terms of if i'm watching a movie and someone shows up who am i the most stoked to see Mm -hmm. okay the answer is stanley tucci that's cool i have a lot of a lot of my favorite actors are like character actors i like oliver platt a lot. I like Stanley Tucci a lot. I like um I'm trying to think of favorite actresses and I think right now my favorite actress going is Emma Stone. Ooh, okay. Um, I like that. Yeah. Because I am equally as hype when she shows up as in a movie as I am when Stanley Tucci shows up in a movie. I don't necessarily th- think that she has the same career length as Stanley Tucci does, but she's one of those ones that I get hype about. Kathy Bates is also one. I get hype when Kathy Bates is in a movie. Yeah. 
I think of Kathy Bates. Um, it's weird because I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the series per se, but I've seen enough of it to know like her and American Horror Story. She's incredible on that show. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but um, oh, she's Zoe great. just said Peter Stormare, and that is another great answer. I do get Character hyped when actor. Peter Stormare gets in a movie when I'm seeing a movie and I don't know who's in it, <laughs> and then Peter Stormare shows up. I like hop out of my seat. I'm so excited. So that's yeah. a great answer because, you know, there's people who are good actors who I will watch anytime. There are certain people that will like get me to a theater, but the people who you genuinely get, like your heart leaps in your chest and you're like, Oh my God, they're in this movie are what I consider my favorite actors rather than like biggest names or most popular right now. And so it's yeah. not like Peter Stormare and Stanley Tucci and, um, What's his name? The 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 German guy or Austrian guy who's in Inglorious Bastards, and then he didn't even know English when he first started making movies. Uh, yes, I could picture him. He was also in um, Django Unchained. Yeah, with, he's been uh, in a ton of movies. What is his name? God, what is that guy's name? Hold on, I'll pull it up here. I was to Google. Say, I, gotta, I gotta go to the Google machine. Um, that would be Christoph, Christoph Waltz. Waltz. Christoph yeah. Waltz, love him. He's a great actor. Yes, um, truly. I do think Emma Stone and Kathy Bates are probably two of my highest ranked female actresses. Hmm, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, those are good choices too. Strong. They and they have. They do. It's they seem to be very selective about the projects they choose, but excel in every one of them. They bring is, their essence to the party, which is yeah, what I'm here for. That's it. I'm here for like a unique character in a script that you bring your own twist to. And I think that's why Keanu is such a like why we're here for Keanu. But also stuff people like Stanley Tucci or Kathy Bates, um, Peter Stormare. Yeah. Okay. okay. What, are you, what are your answers? I feel like I've done the dominant favorite actor talk. <laughs> uh, I had to think a lot about this to to come up with a good, like a really good answer. Um, I think my favorite actor, if I like, it, and we're not talking about if it has to be not Keanu, mm -hmm. uh, I think it might be Jeff Bridges. Uh, Interesting. I have seen like yeah. I was thinking about it. It's like I have seen so much that he has done, and he has done everything. Mm -hmm. Like that guy can make me laugh. He can make me cry, mm -hmm. and I, I, he just has this way about him. And mm -hmm. The Big Lebowski is one of my favorite movies of all time. Just mm -hmm. like I love that movie. It's such goofy fun. Um. And that actually got me thinking about one of my favorite actresses also in that movie, Julianne Moore. Julianne so, Moore is incredible and also a yeah. very good choice. I Julianne Moore is a standout. I love the variety of stuff that she's been in. When she showed up in Evolution <laughs> as the like, yes. klutzy scientist, I was like, this oh. is so against type, but then the more you get to know her, the more you're like, that's not against type at all, this is totally up her alley. Yep. I just love how she can do the serious stuff and the goofy stuff, and she's so genuine in everything that she does. I am 100% in for Julianne Moore. Yeah. Great choice. I, th 
I, you could probably look at any, uh, if you wanted to know like the actors that I really like, just look at Coen Brothers movies. Cause yeah, I feel like sure, they cast sure. they, everyone I love. They get the good talent. Uh, they for do. Sure. We also have Zoe saying Emma Thompson, which is also a great choice. I love uh, Emma Thompson. Yes. And um, we also have Melissa saying uh, Tilda Swinton. Of course. Of course. Lindsay would kill me if I didn't say Tilda Swinton. <laughs> yes. Yes. Lindsay is the number one Tilda Swinton fan on the planet. There's also, I love that period of film right around Hail Caesar, but it was, I don't remember what else came out at the time, but there was like eight movies that came out in a row where Channing Tatum came in Showed and was up only in the movie secretly. for like 20 minutes. Yes. And was like the most charming 20 minutes of the movie and then went away again. <laughs> he, I feel like that didn't continue for very long. But for a while there, Channing Tatum was my favorite actor because he wasn't starring in stuff outside of Magic Mike XXL. He was mm-hmm. just showing up, being handsome and charming for a couple of minutes and then disappearing again. And I think that's the most incredible career you could hope for. Uh, in entertainment and so for a while he was up there but i don't think he's anywhere near someone like peter stormare or christoph waltz or or stanley tucci so that's it that's it zoe in the chat also you know you might you might do self-harm if you didn't mention jillian anderson and i would have to agree as well i mean you would have to i've said on this very podcast that jillian anderson could climb me like a tree (laughs) it was one of our listeners absolute favorite chapter markers that we've ever done. The things we would let Jillian Anderson do to us. Uh The answer is anything. Yeah. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. For sure, for sure. Oh my gosh. Uh, So we got another question from Jody, who is, if you could choose only three films to watch from here on out, from all the films we've watched over the past three seasons, but we have to exclude Bill and Ted, Matrix, and John Wick franchises, which three would we choose? Jody, <laughs> why did you do this to us? It's a um, heck of a question. Yeah, I got it. I think I got it. You ready? I mean, I think it pretty much is consistent with my current top ten rankings. Yeah, it would just we take out. I would probably speed. Sp- speed feels pretty good. Yeah. I know Much Ado About Nothing because I watch Much Ado About Nothing once or twice a year, every year since it came out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then probably, yeah, Constantine. Yeah, I'm, I would go, I would not go straight down the list of like, if because if you take my, you know, The Matrix and Bill and Ted and they're, they're like right there, I would probably actually go Speed mm-hmm. and then I would drop down a little bit and I would, you know, I would definitely hit the replacements because, again, it just has a special place in my heart. I don't know why. And then, God, what would number that's three weird. be? I know. I don't. I mean, and that's just like a, it's you, a nostalgia but, thing. Yeah. Okay. Bless your heart. And maybe, oh, what's the third one? I'm scroll. No, I can't scroll any lower than that. I can't do it. Uh, man. Is it tune in tomorrow? I don't know. I don't know. Is it tune in tomorrow? It might be tune in tomorrow. Which is oh, I so think it's got to be. That was yeah. not a good movie, but it was <laughs> so charming in a way that is so hard to put your finger on. I think there that, was so I think much that, bad storytelling in that movie. It was but awful. Also, 
there was so much good acting and right. I just love a period piece also. Yeah. Keanu looking so dapper, that hair all yeah. slicked back. I don't know. Clothes. I haven't watched Tune In Tomorrow since we watched Tune In Tomorrow. So might be worth a revisit. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know if I I probably should revisit it. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's great. Zoe asks, what have you learned from this Keanu experience? Which is a really good question. Um, <laughs> so much. I think the number one thing that jumps into my mind is no movie is as bad as I think it is. Yeah. I think that I have never, like I went to film school, we talked critically about films and picked certain things apart, but I have never been this subjected to the whims of whatever's coming at me when it comes to entertainment. I've been very like selective and pick and choose what I'm most in the mood for. And mm -hmm. I think that there, there have been some truly horrifying movies to sit through. But all of them had something that I could say something good about or something that I enjoyed or something that I noticed. And so I really think that my bar for a bad film has changed dramatically. And I also think that it has taught me to look more critically at stuff that I'm watching as I'm watching it. I was definitely a big, I have ADD. I was a big, big uh, criminal in the doing three other things while watching a movie I've never seen before since. And that's fine if it's something you've seen before and it's on in the background and you want to wash dishes and also be on Facebook <laughs> on your phone and playing solitaire or whatever. Like, that's great. But if it's something you've never seen before, you owe it to yourself to give it your full attention, at least until there are definitely movies in Keanu's, you know, whole steez that I would not have finished that I would have turned off but there was still mm -hmm. something to be gained out of everything and I think that's the biggest thing that I learned from the Keanu experience yeah I to to piggyback off of that uh it is an interesting exercise to take an actor and just focus on the things that they've done right mm -hmm. we have discussed in our group chat that we maybe set the bar a little too high by picking Keanu because not a lot of people ha have taken as many chances as he has yes. in terms of the yes. roles. Like if, and I've said this before as an example, but if we did a Meryl Streep podcast, we would have the same kind of movie for most of her career. Mm -hmm. Like she's done a few things that are off the grid or a little bit different, but all of them are in the same sort of, realm and genre Keanu Reeves says yes to so many different kinds of things and it's all over the map um it's nuts it's nuts yeah um so going through this again there are things that based on either premise alone or the fact that it was in a specific genre mm -hmm. and I would just be like no thank you that's not my bag mm -hmm. but having actually watched a lot of these i'm like well these are delightful like I, the the biggest example i can give is the number five movie on my list much ado about nothing mm -hmm. like we made a movie about work from shakespeare and there's gonna there, there'll be some singing and it's it'll be it'll jubilant and i'm like no i don't i don't need that if you had asked me i'd be like no i don't think i need that in my life and when i watched it i was like this is the most delightful thing in the world yeah and i love it so, <laughs> so. i think the, I started learning this from the Keanu experience before 
last October, but also my boyfriend is fairly active in something awful forums, uh, which is like Reddit, but totally different from Reddit. And I don't want to get into any internet commentary about why different, <laughs> why Reddit and something awful are different or the same. Uh-huh. Please, please don't at me. Uh, normally I'm 100% <laughs> you adding me, but let's just say it's a forum. They have a bunch of different kinds of channels, but they did a Halloween. Every year they do a Halloween challenge, which is 30 different, 31 different movies throughout the month of October. And a lot of them have themes like it has to be female led or it has to be a reboot of a horror movie that already existed or it has to be whatever. And I think these parameters that don't let you pick and choose expose you to some stuff that you never would have seen before. And actually, really, I like now being forced to watch something that I would not pick and choose. Like, I feel like I will continue going forward to try and watch things in terms of challenges. Like what's a, you know, find a a female director on Amazon prime movie or whatever, Mm -hmm. like whatever the case may be, you have to fit certain criteria. Keanu Reeves is in it or whatever. (laughs) Um, it has to have less than 30% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, whatever it is. <laughs> oh, no. I feel like pushing you out of your comfort zone has made me so much more open and shown me so much more stuff in the last year that I never would have watched that mm-hmm. I really like, that I will probably try to continue in my life some way or another, whether I'm doing a review podcast or not. Okay. Yeah, well said. Zoe actually... uh so we actually said, in a, I guess, answering our own question, but hopefully, you know, he's taken so much shit from people who haven't watched his films. This is mm-hmm. Keanu. So he's like prejudged a lot. So mm-hmm. just watch the movies. And that has actually changed my mind quite a bit, too. Like, yes. yeah, he's in some bad stuff, but. Well, like I was so sure for so long, for years, even though I love rom-coms, I was like, I will not watch The Lake House. I refuse to <laughs> yes. watch The Lake House. The Lake House was a perfectly delightful movie. I don't know why I had such an opinion about it, but it was clearly formed by other people. And I regret it because it was a delightful movie. Yeah. And as we have also discovered, you and I both firsthand, The Watcher is not his worst movie. No. By a long shot. By a long shot. I will watch The Watcher again. (laughs) There are a lot of movies that he has made that I will not watch again. Yeah. So... Uh, agreed. It, mm-hmm. You know, you gotta you gotta do the work. You can't just take everybody's word for it. It's mm-hmm. important to you know if you like Keanu or whoever your favorite actor is, and you hear, oh, that's not great. Do the work. Watch the thing. Yeah. Uh, so Zoe oh. also asked, "Do you miss Evan as a dynamic on the podcast?" No. <laughs> 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 sorry, sorry. There's more. That's funny. Uh, I asked this as Evan seemed to be the one who didn't seem to care what others thought, i.e. chain reaction. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely think that I do miss Evan on the podcast. I definitely, yeah. this is not a, him not being on as much is really more about life not being, allowing like a weekly podcast with no breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan just got too busy for that. That is not a lack of Evan wanting to be on the show or us wanting him to be on the show. We just figured we would fill in the slots with other people that we knew that would be interested. But I do feel like he had the most different viewpoint of anyone that we've had on the show (laughs) as a as a guest host. I feel like 
And I don't want to say he's the common man or like the average Joe, but I feel like his <laughs> his drive towards action overwhelmed right. other critical thinking about movies or other kinds of movies. And I think that that added a very different dynamic. Everyone else that we've had on the show is someone who, as a general rule, as a hobby or as a career, has a, an opinion and a viewpoint about critical like pop culture in one way or another and its relevance to the world at large and its relevance in a certain particular history of cinema and whatever. Eric is a huge cinema nerd. Um, Eric Hall, Eric Smith is, you know, uh, very ingrained in storytelling. Mm -hmm. Lindsay obviously is a big person breaking down bigger questions and that kind of stuff. You know, the, you can only have so many people who are like me who are talking about Dracula and being like, I realized halfway through this movie that it was about the AIDS epidemic and not, I feel like there's not enough of a, I just sat down to enjoy the movie and I did or did not. Um, Also Evan and I are pretend frenemies. Um, Evan and I have a friendly antagonistic relationship online and a little bit on the podcast, but honestly more in the like Facebook chat for the podcast. It's so funny. Yes. And I, I miss that a lot. Um, yeah, but I think that everyone has brought something different to the table. And I think even just between you and me having different viewpoints, and even though we're both somewhat related to the field of entertainment and have a certain critical eye for things, I think Mm -hmm. Anytime you get different people on talking about their thoughts and feelings, you're going to get different opinions and different people reading different things into it. And so it's great with everyone that we've had on. And it's great when it's just been me and Andrew and we haven't had a third person on. But I definitely did. Uh, I do think it's we're lacking a, a touch of Evan in this season. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to. Uh, we, we have 10 episodes left and mm-hmm. I'm hoping that he could be on one of one of them. And even if we have to bribe him with like John Wick 3 or something, you know, we're like, all right, or Toy Story, whatever he wants to, whatever he wants to do. Yeah, Joe, Jody, music knowledge, cars. These are all things that we're lacking now. Oh, we, we, we don't know what the cars are. cars without Evan around. Yeah, it's a fast one. It looks like it. <laughs> I, I can re- tell you when it's a DeLorean or not. I know all about the, the Back to the Future, and then everything else is a Mazda. So, uh, <laughs> great, great. Uh, Zoe asked another question that is clearly pandering to Melissa specifically. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Melissa's not even on this podcast, but Zoe's clearly pandering. <laughs> She's in the chat. She's going to love it. (laughs) So Zoe said, is there Keanu film, which is not so great, but you think should be higher on the list because you love it. E.G. Street Kings. (laughs) This is is unbelievable. Amazing. I feel attacked. I feel attacked. Uh, You you might be in for a a surprise later on because we are. This this is a reckoning. This is a reckoning. So I do feel like we're going to talk about some of that. I think. I think that, like, The Man of Tai Chi surprised me because I'd heard no one talk about it, but it was such a great film. So I definitely don't think it falls into this question of not so great, but you think should be higher. Because Man of Tai Chi should be higher, but it should be higher because it's an incredibly well done movie that I'd never heard about at all. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to move Johnny Mnemonic higher on my list in this episode. <gasps> so I think that's probably the one, the biggest one that I think should be higher. I think Johnny Mnemonic, I kept getting, I kept pushing lower in my list because of just technically how much set design and how much whatever and how much story <laughs> right. just didn't play for me. But I think overall as a wacky cult classic, it's grown on me in retrospect uh, a lot. Yeah. And I think that that one should be higher on the list for me because it's better than I have it. I, I have it ranked at like 27 and it should be higher than that. Okay. Yeah, that checks out. That checks out. I'd say for me, I already put this movie pretty high. And if they had just made some tweaks to it, it could be, it could have been a great, like a, like the exact movie that I needed, but it's mm-hmm. Henry's crime for me. Yes. Just, Henry's crime was just so a close, little but missed bit. the mark. I agree. Yeah. That's a good one too. Henry's I crime really, was pretty yeah. low on my list, but it was so close to being a bunch of things that I liked. Yeah. It, it had like, I was like, Oh, just God, it was just left of center. You just missed. So I would go with Henry's crime for this one for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, these questions. Great questions. Good Lord. So Melissa asked, does <laughs> oh, no. you know about this podcast? I hope so. Uh, not <laughs> to my knowledge. Yeah. But if we, someone if someone ends up on a motorcycle at an intersection next to them, tell them about Cool Breeze. Right. Um, Just Google Cool Breeze over the mountains. And we're number one. Um, <laughs> I, as far as I know... No one has reached out to him. I don't know. Have you reached out to him, Andrew? You do the most promo. <laughs> I don't know how to get. He's he's uh, he's off the grid. Like he is not an online no. at all. No, he doesn't have a Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and he's probably better off for it. To be honest, but well, I mean, there are, we definitely don't pull our punches as far as. Uh, I I feel like overall we we give him a much fairer shake and much higher regard than the average person. Um, but I do think there are some things he probably doesn't want to hear in this. So, uh, and I will, if he ever hears about this podcast and wants to talk to us about it, I will yell at him for everything dog star related that happened to me. <laughs> right. That's, that's the, uh, it's like, how dare you allow them to credit you in me and Will, in mm-hmm. Ellie Parker, mm-hmm. in and name the other two or three movies that he was dog star in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if anyone sees him and wants to tell him about it, go for it. But he's not yeah. uh not super accessible. So when we when when Bill and Ted three finally gets to us mm-hmm. i will at the shit out of alex winter as melissa suggested in the chat and just yeah. be like we reviewed it we reviewed it we reviewed it. <laughs> like every yeah. day i'll do it wear him yeah. down we will Listen. do we will do our best but honestly he he is kind of a hermit so it's hard to get right. in front of keanu it's uh, nice it's nice and then melissa asks Again, whose movies are up next? And Melissa, I'm just going to have to tell you to wait a little bit. Stand by. <laughs> we're, we're holding that <laughs> reveal for the end of the podcast, but we uh-huh. have picked a person. It's done. So you have to wait until the end. Okay. Do you want to 
take over now and and do George and Christine's questions? Uh, yeah, I could do that. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so George asked uh, if Keanu Reeves. George sent in a bunch, by the way, so we can kind of rapid fire some of these, and some of them are just like a yes no. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Keanu Reeves ever got to play a historical figure, which one would you like to see him play? Teddy Roosevelt. <laughs> <laughs> wow right out of the just plucked it right out of the air yeah i don't know why my, that was just my gut instinct teddy roosevelt was a weird character and like had a bunch of guinea pigs and named him crazy stuff and like rode horseback and was a cowboy but also saved all the national parks and like there's a lot of weird teddy roosevelt stuff but i think that it would be interesting to bring keanu's energy to it that's interesting i don't have a great I don't have a great answer to this because for me, I try to like pair people up that would be like visually similar, but you, you know, like you could, you could definitely like pull a Christian Bale. Like if you would have told me that uh, Christian Bale would disappear into these roles where he loses a hundred pounds or gains mm-hmm. 200. I mean, Keanu like, looks like nothing like Teddy Roosevelt at all. Yeah. Yeah. So no, mean, that's, yeah, that is this is just me. not my casting for sure. Um, Zoe says Neil Armstrong. That might be pretty neat. Neil uh, Armstrong. Huh? Hmm. What about Neil Diamond? <laughs> yes. I would watch that's the perfect. shit out of a Neil Diamond biopic starring Keanu Reeves. Yeah, I'd be curious. Um, I, oh, man. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm just doing a... I, I'm thinking like a, like some sort of a writer, you know? Like, that's yeah. kind of the energy that he brings for to sure. it for me. Like, uh, uh, he's all... They all... Let's go back, like, let's go back, like, I want him to be, uh... What if we rebooted like, Quantum Leap with Keanu Reeves, and then he played a <laughs> lot of historical figures? All of them, yes! That's it. Maybe, yeah. uh, keeping in the writerly thing, maybe, like, if we go way far back, maybe Aristotle, or something like that, I don't know, sure. something that we, like, we don't Stephen have a reference. King might be interesting. Ooh, yeah, that's I cool. I think Keanu could could pull a a Stephen King vibe pretty well. Yeah, little little off. Yeah, a little off center. <laughs> sure. But Stephen King is also a pretty reserved person at the uh-huh. same time as being off center and and a little bit wacky. And I think Keanu could do that very well. Yeah, I dig it. I dig All it. right. All right. Next up, uh, what film are you anticipating more, and why? <laughs> Matrix Returns or John Wick Chapter 4? Ah, you're killing us. Yeah, this is a hard one, but definitely John Wick Chapter 4. I'm, I'm really? not going to lie. I, I have very high hopes for Matrix, but the John Wick movies are my top favorite Keanu movies. So I am more excited for Chapter 4 overall. The Matrix Returns, I have high hopes for. But I, if you if you had a gun to my head and said I could only see one, 100% John Wick would be my choice. I would go, so, I, I in my brain, I kind of I went to The Matrix Returns only because, here's, here's what I know. Every John Wick that we have seen has done uh, two things exactly as I anticipated. One, 
it has increased the budget. And then two, it has shown me something I've never seen before, right? Whether mm-hmm. it's a knife fight or horse swords Karate or, or whatever, like whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah. we're talking about, it's shown me something I've literally never seen before. So John Wick chapter four, in my opinion, is it's going to stay the course. It's going to increase the budget of the movie. It's going to look great. It's going to sound great. It's going to be amazing. And it's going to show me something I've never seen before. The Matrix, on the other hand, that's a completely unknown quantity for me. Yeah. What they are up to 20 years after the fact, right? So I feel like I'd probably err on the side of the Matrix just because I'm like, I know, like, we're going to show up, John Wick Chapter 4, going to be there day one. The Matrix for me is like, ooh, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. And so I might, I might go with that, but only slightly. Like that's the that's smallest totally margin. The, like the big question of what if and the mystery of it being more compelling is totally fair. Uh, whereas John Wick 4 is maybe a known quantity, but I just got to go with my honest gut and it's John Wick chapter four for sure. All right. All right. Uh, this is a weird one. This is a, <laughs> this is a weird one. This next question is a weird one, but I'm kind of but... into it. <laughs> All right. Here we go. In your humble opinion, do you think that Keanu Reeves could nail Forrest Gump? I asked this because I recently rewatched it, and I reached the conclusion that Keanu, with a little effort, could deliver a great performance. <laughs> I love the phrasing of this. Yes. With a little effort. <laughs> so here's the thing. I think that Forrest Gump would need to be changed a lot to play now like it did when it came out. Oh, it was sure. perfect for the time that it was in, but now in hindsight feels a little bit over the top and cheesy. And it was definitely over the top and cheesy then, but in a way that sort of fit the zeitgeist. I feel like making it now yeah. it would have to be changed a little bit. But I do think that Keanu Reeves' sort of visual internal monologue is great for characters who are on the spectrum. And he hasn't mm-hmm. done much with characters who are on the spectrum. And now I don't know if... Forrest Gump specifically is on the spectrum, but that's my read of watching Forrest Gump is that he is um, to some degree autistic. Um, I don't think he's simple because he's very smart in some ways. He just perceives the world a little bit differently. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that I would like to see Keanu play a character that is on the spectrum because I think he could do it well. So in that regard, I think he could nail Forrest Gump. I don't think he could do the same role that Tom Hanks did because I don't think that Keanu, with the exception of Bill and Ted, I don't think Keanu is a, is a great goofy actor. Um, <laughs> and I think that right. his more serious stuff with the silent internal monologue has played much better for me overall than his sillier stuff. Um, so yeah. that's my answer. I I agree. You know, you think about Keanu in that suit sitting on the bench, right? Mm-hmm. And it fits for me. Like that, that mm-hmm. the aesthetic there fits for me. And, you know, putting him, you know, inserting him into historical events, like they did really, really well in Forrest Gump also, like shaking hands with the president and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like that, the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. There, I, I feel like there'd be even less said really yeah. if he was doing the role yeah um yeah it's but i mean it's tough because forrest gump in it was a pretty perfect film like at yeah, the time I don't in a want bubble to remake it i think that at the time it yeah. came out in the in the way it came out with who is in it 
it it was perfect for who and when and where and I, I wouldn't want to change it. All right. All right. There but you I go. I think it could. Perfect. Perfect. So following up on that a little bit, what is one film where Keanu never got to star in that Keanu would improve by starring in? Not Speed 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was the that was the qualifier. It cannot be Speed 2. I understand. I understand. I think you already answered this question without realizing it in oh, did I? talking about the Coen brothers. <gasps> Which one? Any of them. <laughs> Here. Oh, so oh, I got it. Oh, God, I got it. You just so you sparked it in my brain. <laughs> I, so hands down. Uh, one of my favorite movies, like whenever it's on, I sit down, I focus, I'm in the zone. You can't talk to me for like two plus hours mm-hmm. is no country for old men. Mm-hmm. If Keanu played Anton Chigurh, which don't get me wrong, uh, is, is an, the movie's perfect. Like everyone is cast perfectly, but mm-hmm. Keanu in the role of that non like unstoppable psychopath. I would love to see that. That would be so friggin' good. I would also like to see that. I think that's a very good call. <laughs> I think that really any Coen Brothers movie, I could see Keanu replacing someone in a role. I don't see a lot of major roles, especially not uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh Brother, right. Where Art Thou? The, 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 uh, main, the main three are perfect and should not yeah. change. <laughs> But I do think been... that I, that sort of very wry, tongue-in-cheek humor is something that we haven't seen Keanu do a lot of that I would like to see him be in. Um, I think No Country for Old Men is a good call. Yeah. Thank you for sparking that. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it'll never happen, but like, I love everything about that movie. Yeah. it's mm-hmm. That would be my choice, and, and it sounds like it's also it's Whitney's choice as well. <laughs> Let's do it. Um, okay. Who is, uh, who is the most beautiful of Keanu's? I'm just going to put this as uh, uh, George specified female. I'm just going to remove female. Who's the most beautiful of Keanu's co-stars? Whitney. <laughs> uh, Male or female. doesn't matter. Halle Berry. That's a lot. I'm looking. Oh, damn. That was, yeah, that was not even front of mind for me, but literally one of the most recent ones, right? Yeah, I mean, that's part of it is is she's one of the most recent ones, but also I've had a very long term. I've sat through a lot of Keanu Reeves bad movies uh, to watch Halle Berry be in them. Um, Like there's, she's been in some not great (laughs) stuff. She's also been in some fine (laughs) stuff, mostly fine stuff, not too much like super great stuff, but it's all because mm-hmm. I have such a crush on her. So I was yeah. wildly excited for her to be in John Wick. All right. I got two for you that you might not be expecting. And okay. then I'll try to narrow it down to one. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Here we go. Because we just talked about the movie. I'm going to pull out Marissa Tomei. Boom. From The Watcher. For sure, Boom! for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Okay. Anyone who is our age that I know who yeah. has crushes on women has a crush yeah. on Marissa Tomei. So that is That's a it. very good answer. All right. And then my other one, Rachel Weiss, Constantine. Boom. Fair. 
Fair. I cool. would definitely choose Sandra Bullock over Rachel Weisz personally. Okay. Okay. But that's yeah, a yeah. totally legitimate answer. I also have to agree with Melissa, who said Diane Keaton. <gasps> Diane, Diane Keaton, Keaton is gorgeous and a force unto herself. And she's she's like Tilda Swinton in a very different way, where she's sort of this unearthly, there's only one like her. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, so I'm going to lock in my answer as Marissa Tomei. Mm-hmm. But then... Uh, I just did a, a Google search of his co-stars really quickly. The list is crazy. The list have is Lori crazy. Pe- Lori Petty from mm-hmm. Point Break. Mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock. Mm-hmm. Aitana Sanchez-Gijan from A Walk in the Clouds. Mm-hmm. Dina She's Meyer, gorgeous. obviously. Yeah. Cameron Diaz from Feeling Minnesota. Can't forget Charlize Theron. Who's mm-hmm. Multiple co-star. Carrie Ann Moss. So, I, mean, I mean, a lot of attractive people. Uh, yeah. But definitely, I have one answer, and it's Halle Berry. And then I am going to give honorable mention to Diane Keaton. Perfect. Yeah. Yep. That all checks out. That all checks out. All right. Uh, <laughs> okay. When do you think Keanu Reeves should retire from acting? The answer is never. Never. <laughs> That's the answer. I think. Easy. One and done. Uh, I don't think anyone should retire from acting unless they want to retire from acting. I think that people who are still acting well into old age are still crushing it every time they do. Um, It's really a matter of the industry letting you continue to act and being able to, you know, pick and choose versus what you're forced into because you're of a certain age. I don't think Keanu should ever retire unless he wants to retire and then go for it. But I feel that way about anyone in Hollywood. Don't stop because you feel like you've, gone too far or aged too much unless you're done doing it in which case by all means you know retire and breed pugs or something i don't know (laughs) whatever you're into i would um if he ever does choose to stop acting i really hope that he would consider pursuing directing more because we saw the one Mm -hmm. this season and it was great and he's clearly very talented at it. He clearly has a viewpoint. And yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. So even if he's not, like like actually Zoe just said, like there is a finite amount of John Wicks left in a, in a, just in a body, right? If you're 25, right, you could probably do a couple more John Wicks. But at 50, 60, 70, yeah, the John Wicks are going to slow Harrison down. Harrison Ford and Crystal Skull. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, don't nuke the fridge, as it were. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then our last question here is... Last question uh, from George. Yeah, last question from George. Uh, Neo, John Wick, or Ted? Who's the one to rule them all? Whoa. I think the very obvious answer is John Wick. I'm going with Ted on this one, though. Ted is a master of time. Mm Mm-hmm. He could take the gun out of John Wick's hand before he even pulls it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you, you'd you have to be fast in addition to traveling through time. <laughs> and I don't think Ted, I think those milliseconds between showing up in a phone booth and getting the gun uh-huh. out of his hand, I think John Wick would still have Ted. I'm thinking, so it's not the greatest example, but do you, you do remember in Bogus Journey when they were, they just cut the corners, were like, remember you put us in this cage? Well, mm-hmm. we already unlocked it. It was unlocked 
four weeks ago. <laughs> like all that. I don't know. But yeah, it's probably John Wick, but I would love for Ted to be the just like an all powerful being. I think that's I think that's cool. That's fair, but it's the wrong answer. It's John Wick. <laughs> got it. Got it. All right. <laughs> We have two more questions, and one of them we've actually already answered, so, you know. Um, Christine with a K says, is there any director that Keanu hasn't worked with that you'd like to see him collaborate with? And we actually did answer this one already, too. The Coen Brothers. The Coen Brothers, yeah. 100%. That would be so fun. Yeah. It could be one of their funny ones or their serious ones. I don't care. Yeah. I agree. Um. Yeah, I can't think of another uh, another director off the top of my head that would. This um, would never happen, uh, but I would love to see Keanu Reeves in a Jean Pierre Genet film. <laughs> wow! Wow! Do you I have think, an idea for what that would be? No, not even a little bit. But I just really like Jean Pierre Genet films, and I think that the way that they're like whimsical with a dark undercurrent. And they're so unique and specific, and oh, so many of his films are the character's emotions happening on their face rather than through dialogue. I think mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves could be a standout in a Jean-Pierre Genet film. Like if you think of a darker version of Amelie, but starring Keanu Reeves, that would be sure. amazing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All, yeah. right. All right. So now we're going to go into just a few real quick listener rankings. We asked everyone what they thought the oh, best, worst, and what? most overlooked films of season three were. And we got a few answers back from you. So Zoe said, the best is John Wick. The worst is Generation Um slash Knock Knock. Choosing two is cheating, but also she's correct. <laughs> most overlooked uh-huh. Man of Tai Chi, also correct. Bonus, biggest frustration, Henry's crime. And Zoe says, when I first saw this a few years ago, it annoyed the shit out of me that Keanu produced a film which had so much potential but missed the mark. Having heard you all talk about it with more analytical eye, I'm still no further along with it. I think that's a really great point. Uh-huh. Uh, Jody uh, says, best John Wick, worst knock knock, most overlooked, man of Tai Chi. So we're seeing a mm, consensus patterns, form. Patterns. Melissa Best John Wick, worst generation <laughs> um, most overlooked Street Kings. Of course. Of, of course, course Street Kings, but Street Kings wasn't even in season three. Melissa is was just it not? Yeah. I don't think so. That's true. Hold on. I got it. No, it was. It was episode I, three. It was it was one of the first ones. It just felt like seven thousand years ago. It just ago really feels so long ago that I thought it was season two. <laughs> yeah. But fair enough. Melissa ever campaigning for Street Kings. Uh-huh. Thomas or Tomas says, best John Wick, worst exposed, most overlooked the day the earth stood still. What? I can't get behind that, Tomas. I'm sorry. (laughs) I cannot get behind the day the earth stood still being the most overlooked. But good for you. Stand in your convictions and live your truth. (laughs) Christina with a K Uh says, best John Wick, worst neon demon, most overlooked man of Tai Chi. So we definitely have a consensus there. At, overall, everyone's like, John Wick was the best and the most overlooked is Man of Tai Chi. And I agree with that, with both of those yeah. things. That's pretty much it. And mm-hmm. then we've talked about this before. There's some debate for me over what is the worst movie. Uh, and Generation Um <laughs> and Knock Knock was a real sort of back and forth for me. But I, in the end, put Knock Knock is the worst movie. So it's, uh, that's. That's uh, what what you guys had to say about season three. And now it's time to, I think, get into the reckoning. Oh, the reckoning. 
Oh, I'm ready. Let's wreck in. I don't know how we want to do this because do you just want to run through kind of? Really, the uh, only change that I know that I have to make is Johnny Mnemonic should be higher than it is. Mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. got to figure out where in the higher ranking that's going because it is not in my top 10, but I think it's just below my top 10. I'm very confident in John Wick, The Matrix Speed, Much Ado About Nothing, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Constantine, Man of Tai Chi, Parenthood, Keanu, My Own Private Idaho. Perfect. I love that top 10. I think that's going to stay that way. I think I'm going to put... We've got The Matrix Reloaded and Point Break at 11 and 12. I think I'm going to put Johnny Mnemonic between Point Break and Tune In Tomorrow. Whoa, which is a really yes! big jump. I love it. Wow. Really big jump. That's I have crazy. it at 27 and I am moving it up to 13. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is, woof, that is a jump. Mm -hmm. All right. All right. How you feeling? How you feeling about the rest of those that like second ten? I know we don't got to go into the whole list, but yeah. like that middling, the that middle ground. The Matrix Reloaded, Johnny Mnemonic, Point Break, Tune In Tomorrow, Something's Got to Give, A Walk in the Clouds. I think Something's Got to Give might be lower. Uh, I think that A Walk in the Clouds, The Gift, The Lake House should all move up, and Something's Got to Give should be below it. Um, because I think in, like, I really, really like Something's Gotta Give, and I've seen it before, but in really searching, um, in searching what I'm going to watch again, I think Something's Gotta Give is lower. Interesting. Okay. okay. Uh, so, yeah. Tune in tomorrow, A Walk in the Clouds, The Gift. And I think I'm going to move the lake house above something's got to give too. Oh, look at this making moves. Yeah. Chain reaction is going to move up to 19 between something's got to give and the bad batch. And Top then I 20. think everything else is going to stay the same. Interesting. So then, Interesting. yeah, we've got the top from 10 to 20. I've got The Matrix Reloaded, Johnny Mnemonic, Point Break, Tune In Tomorrow, A Walk in the Clouds, The Gift, The Lake House, Something's Gotta Give, Chain Reaction, and The Bad Batch. Then Henry's Crime, The Neon Demon, Private Lives of Pippa Lee, 47 Ronin, A Scanner Darkly, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Little Buddha, Permanent Record, The Replacements, and The Daily Earth Stood Still as my next 10. And all of that feels great. And then I don't really care about anything up until the last three, which are still Ellie Parker, Generation Um, and Knock Knock. <laughs> Perfect. The rest is just, well, wait a minute. What was the one that you said might move? Uh, did you mention another one down here at the bottom that you thought might move? Johnny up? Mnemonic was the one that, I, Johnny Mnemonic was at number 27. And I moved it all the way up to. I got it. And one of our oh. episodes, I see it right here. Number 51 for you. You said you were going to consider it. Feeling Minnesota? Mm-hmm. No, I said don't maybe. think so. <laughs> okay, perfect. Got it. Yeah, because yours is a little bit higher, and I do think... Uh, I mean, maybe, yes, above Prince of Pennsylvania. Eh, you know what? You know, I will. I will. Honorary. I will. No, I'm going to move it above Exposed. Between Sweet <gasps> November and Exposed. All right. That's a pretty good jump. That's a pretty good jump. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. Okay. So yeah, it does move up a little bit. You're right. All right. Uh, How about you? Boy, you got some moves going on here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you the biggest move. And it's a shame because uh, Melissa just left. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Melissa, when you listen to this again, you're going to be so happy. Your campaigning has succeeded. We're talking about Street Kings, and uh, this is not this is not a small move. Okay, I have Street Kings at number forty six, mm-hmm. and the one thing I have the other thing I've very learned, low. Yeah, the other thing I've learned this season is <laughs> there are some we've seen some not great films. We've seen right? a lot of which, garbage. Yeah, which and has I made me reassess. Skipped, like I did ten through thirty, and I was like, I don't give a care about anything from. 31 to 54. <laughs> so, Street Kings for me is going to move from number 46 uh, up to number 34. So, All right. That's quite a jump. That I is like quite it. A jump. It feels it feels good, but uh those that's where I that's where it, it should be, I think. Mm-hmm. So, feels better up there. I hope I Melissa had it at is 40, happy now. So I, I had it higher than you to begin with. Yeah, that is a that's a big one. Now, my top ten very closely mirrors your own. Mm-hmm. John Wick, Matrix, Speed, Excellent Adventure, Point Break, Much Ado, Parenthood, Constantine, Man of Tai Chi, Keanu. None of those change. Mm-hmm. They're locked until mm-hmm. season four, mm-hmm. and then it all season changes. four <laughs> things will be changing. Right, it's pretty good. Uh, then we have uh, The Replacements, Tune In Tomorrow, Matrix Reloaded, Something's Gotta Give, Neon Demon, Thumbsucker, Devil's Advocate, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Johnny Mnemonic, and The Lake House. I think I'm also going to bump The Lake House up mm-hmm. to uh, – it's at 20 right now. I'm thinking that feels better at around number 13. Okay. Uh, yeah. That movie has grown on me quite a bit. Uh, again, an unexpected one mm-hmm. that, you know, you, you try to sell me on it. I'm like, eh, rom-com, time travel, dog that can has a command of space time. I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe if you told me it had a dog that has a command of space time. If you had worded it in. in that way in advance, I probably would have seen the lake house a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> just for processing all of that. It's like, yeah, if this was the pitch, that's great. Mm-hmm. The only other one that I'm going to move actually is, and it's just going to be a little downgrade. Um, it's 47 Ronin. It's currently at number 27. I'm feeling like that's probably going to drop down to 31. No, okay. 32. So um, that's, you know, it's a little move, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's uh, it's worth doing. Yeah, my my biggest move this season was definitely realizing that all of season three had pushed Johnny Mnemonic further and further and further down the list until it was all like quite a ways down the list. And that that was not fair because I will watch Johnny Mnemonic again and I will probably watch Johnny Mnemonic again before a lot of these other ones. And um, it's also not a film that you can necessarily fairly take a critical eye to. (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's yeah very true very true it kind of gets a pass as far as critique goes 
Hold on. Now I'm getting some I'm getting some flack here in in the in the chat. What Zoe, you gotta clarify. I'm breaking your heart. Is this because I moved what? What did I just move? I can't even remember. I moved some things down a little bit. Andrew. You gotta you gotta clarify. I gotta know. I I moved Street Kings up 13 positions. I don't know what else I could do. <laughs> <laughs> uh but I, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you here. Ellie Parker exposed last time I committed suicide generation. I'm um, knock knock. Mm-hmm. Whew, that is a that is a rough that's rough chuckles down there at the bottom. <laughs> rough chuckles. <laughs> that's one way to describe it. <laughs> forty seven Ronin. That's uh, m- me moving forty seven Ronin down. Uh, that is what got Zoe um, heartbroken. Mm. But you know. We saw that back to back with Man of Tai Chi. It had a lot to live up to, and it did not have saying that they're comparable films. It's just it it you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, we had come off the high of Man of Tai Chi, and it was just like, uh, <laughs> nah, yeah. So I feel like that might be it. Yep, it is. So let's talk about next season. Oh, next season! It's small, but it is mighty. Oh, my God. Yeah. Next week, we kick it off with a film called To the Bone. Whitney will be hosting that one. Mm-hmm. This one, I'm going to make a note here. That is watch partyable. We can Ooh, do a yeah, watch let's party. Watch party it. Here's what I'm going to suggest, though. While I'm reading off the rest of these, do a Google search of this movie. Read the synopsis, and you tell me if you think you want to do it. Because I, I want you to know what we're getting into. It is a drama, and it's about something. So, but... Uh, The remaining nine episodes after that looks like this. We have John Wick Chapter 2, A Happening of Monumental Proportions, Siberia, which is watch-partyable, Destination Wedding, which is watch-partyable, Replicas, Toy Story 4, John Wick Chapter 3, Parabellum, Always Be My Maybe, which is watch-partyable, and Between Two Ferns, which is watch-partyable. So, oh my God. We got a lot of watch-party stuff going on. I'm definitely down for To the Bone. Okay, cool. So maybe this weekend, because uh, I want to make sure that we can kind of get as many people as possible. We'll try to get something scheduled where we can have a watch party for To the Bone. That'll just be our like Netflix with the chat bar thing open. And we'll mm-hmm. just uh, we'll hang out. We'll have some gin. Yeah, or whatever I don't know that it's going to be as fun as Man of Tai Chi was, but it's definitely I think let's do a watch party anytime we can do a watch party, even if only one or two people can show up. I had such a blast doing the Man of Tai Chi watch party that I'm anxious to do another one. <laughs> the chat is going crazy. Siberia watch party. So I don't know if you've ever watched a bad movie with <laughs> friends. It makes the movie better. So. <laughs> Yeah, I think that if there's anything that can get all of us through Siberia, which I have not seen, but uh-huh. uh, the chat has talked a lot about every time that we've done a live episode of this, there has been talk about <laughs> Siberia coming up and how we're going to feel about Siberia. But I can guarantee you that if you're going to get through it, it's going to be more fun with all of us and probably some gin wine, like Jody says. <laughs> Gin wine, I love it. We'll put some gin and some uh, wine, and we will we will bash it together. If I don't know, that's how we feel about it. I don't know. I'm. I mean, we'll just we'll Zoe just go says, ahead and just do it. No, it's shite. So I know, but you don't have to come, Zoe. But you can if you want. To. We would love to have you, even if it's just you slamming this movie the whole time, right? More. What is the thing? Uh, 
friends shorten the journey, you know, mm-hmm. a, a companion shortens the journey, as it were. Yeah, just so. just load the movie up in your browser and then mute the movie and just join the chat. Join the chat, yeah. Watch a that's, different that's movie what it's all about. while you're in the yeah. chat with us. John Wick 2, super excited about. John Wick 3, super excited about. Always be my baby, excited about. I'm very excited about Destination Wedding because so many people, including, I think, Jody have advocated so hard for Destination Wedding and I've held off because I want my first reaction to be for the podcast. Yeah, that'll be, I'm very excited. I've actually never seen Destination Wedding either. So yeah. uh, again, it was not, you know, it falls into that rom-com situation that is not really- I also really... have not seen Between Two Ferns, so. If you like the, I could just say if you had seen any of the individual Funny or Die videos I've, and you found I've any seen, of them. I've seen episodes of Funny or of, of the Between Two Ferns. I, it's not, I like it. It's not my choice of humor, but right. I have enjoyed every one that I've seen. So like I go. would not go out of my way for it, but I, particularly the Obama one, I awkward humor yeah. is not always <laughs> my bag where it's like. Yeah. Ooh, who can be the most embarrassed? <laughs> it's not right. yeah. curiously something I get thrills out of. That's that that's absolutely fair. Uh, I would say the movie dials that back a little bit in order mm-hmm. to kind of get a story. Uh, and I'm I'm air quoting super super hard there. <laughs> um, but it's got a lot of recognizable faces in it. Um, Lauren Lapkus is like one of the funniest women in the world, and she plays a pretty major role. Uh, so it's great. It's great. We have a couple other bonus episodes we're going to be working in for mm-hmm. uh, non-movie related stuff. We have John Wick Hex. video games. Yeah. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. That'll be in the fall at some point. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you'll be able to hear Whitney talk about that on Almost Better Than Silence as well. So that'll be great. So, so now it's time to finally reveal. It's, <laughs> it's a, it, it was a lot. It took a lot to get here. It did. Right? We have had so many conversations about this over the last couple of months because we knew the last season was coming up. We knew the last season was going to be half the length of the, the you know, season three. Um, so we knew that we had to really ha- start having the discussion early and often about the different candidates and let people write in. And we've had a <laughs> lot of deliberation about this with all of the guest hosts um we've we've talked to everybody we've talked amongst ourselves it's been a hard answer to come by but i feel very excited about who we're covering next yeah i am i'm gonna let you t i'm gonna tee you up with it i have a drum roll sound effect that i got just for this and then as soon as it you just yell and then and then we'll go from there and hopefully people will not riot in the streets all right i don't think they will all right here we go I hope you like Kurt Russell. He's got the same initials as Keanu Reeves. You know what? It's okay if you don't, though. Because what we were looking for is somebody whose movies are so all over the map, who is as experimental with roles as Keanu is, Mm whose career covers just such a huge, wide amount of subject matter, but also who has done some really big cult like standard in cinema history for one reason or another, Kurt mm-hmm. Russell is that person. 
Yeah. Um, there's a lot of Kurt Russell movies that I have seen. There's a lot that I haven't seen. Uh, I love the idea that we're going to start with all of his old Disney movies. Um, like uh, what the computer wears tennis shoes is one of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, I think he was in the one and only genuine original family band, which I loved when I was a child, but haven't seen since <laughs> I was like eight years old. Um, yeah. So we've got old school Disney, like Swiss family Robinson type Disney movies. And then we're so all over the map from there. Yeah. Um, so many different kinds of movies. You have seen a Kurt Russell movie that you liked. I guarantee it. Yes. And if you like him in one, you will like him in another. Off the top of my head, The Thing. The Thing. Escape from, Escape Escape from, from New, York New York or L.A. I, I right? really, I only just saw Escape from New York in the last six months or so. And I mm-hmm. loved it. Like, loved, loved, loved it so much more than I thought I was going to. Who yeah. doesn't like Big Trouble in Little China? Like, even it's if it's not perfect. your favorite movie, you like Big Trouble in Little China. But there's also, like, Overboard and, and rom-com <laughs> stuff. There's also Backdraft. Like, there's so many different kinds of things that he's Tango been in. Tango and Cash. Oh, my God. Yeah. Don't get me started on Tango and Cash. That yeah. might just be me, though. And I haven't <laughs> seen Escape from L.A., so I want to see more Snake Plissken. So I also really loved, not all of it, but I really loved the uh, Kurt Russell playing Hot Santa uh, for Netflix. And the yes, Christmas it was a great movie. It was it a was great, great role. I didn't love the kids, but I loved Kurt Russell. And I loved that Goldie Hawn is Mrs. Claus. And you know what I'm just realizing now also? We made reference to it on our last episode for The Bad Batch. But uh, he was in the movie Silkwood, and we were talking about Silkwood showers. So mm-hmm. it's just a weird, uh, weird thing. But yeah, he's uh, he's worked with a lot of different directors, just like Keanu. He has done comedies and genre things. Yeah, uh, he's worked on big movies and small movies. Yeah, and, yeah, mostly big movies. And recently, I definitely but... think that we neither of us like Kurt Russell the way that we like Keanu Reeves. But I think when you're looking for somebody whose movies take us to so many different kinds of places like Keanu does, Kurt Russell is an amazing choice for for that, like going through his career. Absolutely. And there's a lot of of people still left on the board. So if we get through Kurt Russell with all of you and you still want more, there's any number of people we could do after that. You know, it's a pretty crazy list of talent that we have. Yeah. The the other people that we have that are potentials. <laughs> All of you sent in. I have the list. Hold on. Mm-hmm. If you vamp for a moment, I can. Uh, da, da, here's da, here's da, what we da, were da, dealing da. with. <laughs> the circus. Yeah, I love it. Here's uh, who we were dealing with here. And this was just like what was submitted very recently. Hugo Weaving. That was ours. Tom Hanks. Tom Cruise. That was like our original when we were talking about in like the very first episode of this podcast, who has a career as varied as Keanu and Hugo came up in that conversation. So he's been in our minds since the beginning. Yeah. 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 Uh, Tilda came up, Natalie Portman, Kate Blanchett. Tilda Swinton for sure. I think she's a really good one. I think it would be fun to do one uh, for a woman next. Yeah. Swooning for Swinton. Something like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Walken, uh, Nicholas Cage came up, Bill Murray, Danny DeVito. I think that was Jody's <laughs> suggestion. I can't be sure about that. But we had like, it was, it was a massive list of people. Um, and ultimately, Kurt Russell felt right. 
So yep. Yep. Kurt Russell just feels right. I think we're going to be all over the map with Kurt and it's going to be a wild ride. Yeah. So that's what, uh, that's what you have to look forward to. Now I could tell you almost precisely when that's going to happen because I have the schedule here. Between Two Ferns will be released on August 27th, and that will be until we get Bill and Ted face the music, I guess, Mm -hmm. the last episode of Cool Breeze Over the Mountains for a bit. We will keep making Keanu episodes as long as there's Keanu to talk about. Yeah. You can expect whatever we decide to call this Kurt Russell podcast, because naming stuff is the hardest part. Hard. Uh, in early September. So, and we'll just keep it rolling from then. Mm-hmm. We'll probably have a couple episodes in the bank. You'll, you'll be, uh, we'll be watching Keanu's last movies and Kurt's at simultaneously. So, mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to, to do. So, yeah, I hope y'all are as excited as we are. Cause this feels great. I'm, I'm hype about it. I don't know about all y'all. And I'm sorry if you're not hype, but I think you should get hype because it's going to be fun. Yeah, we have some cool, uh, you're going to hear some familiar voices, some cool new ones hopefully will we'll join. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. All right. We reckoned. We, we reckoned. answered questions. We, we ranked this is stuff. by we... far the longest reckoning we've had. <laughs> we did a lot and it's. Thanks to the listeners. Thank you all. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, we wouldn't have had 70% of the content for this episode without <laughs> you guys writing in all of your questions and opinions and stuff. And we love it. So keep it coming, even if it's not a reckoning. Yes. And, and also, if you, have the, if you have it enabled where you can send us voice uh, tweets, do that. Because yeah, this is an audio tweets. medium. We love it. So, of course, let's do it. We want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. I think that brings us to the end. Is there yep. anything else? Do you have any closing thoughts, Whitney? No. Anything at all? No, I've said all my thoughts. All right. Well, where can people find you on the internet? What do you got going on? I am at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N on Twitter. And uh, Historical Hotties is, is my other main podcast baby with my sister, Lindsay, who you may recognize from this very podcast. Uh, she's guested several times now. Um, and that's at Historically Hot on all social media and historicallyhot.com. Um, yeah, almost better than silence. I haven't been on in a while. I've had a real rough time as of late so i've been kind of backing off from social media as well as podcasting but i'm hoping to get back more into it because hopefully within the next two weeks everything is going to be resolved but we'll see prayer hands emoji prayer hands emoji times infinity yeah it's not been an easy time in in the whitney camp but it's I, i think we're on the upswing soon we're still not there yet Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Zoe asked a very important question. Hey, where is Charles? And Charles is in the void, mm-hmm. but we... We did not pull him out of the void for the reckoning, but we are going right. to pull him out for a very, very special episode of Pop Quiz Everyone. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's going to be good. And also, Charles will announce the... Season three winner. I didn't want to. I didn't want to do that because it's not my game anymore. It's Charles' mm-hmm. game. <laughs> so I don't know what the I don't know what the process is. But he, we've been keeping scores, and you know, it, it was a close one. But 
we're going to announce the top three, I guess, whatever, everyone who participated. So it's going to be really It's such a stressful great. process going in and out of the void that we don't want to do it unless <laughs> we have to pull him out. You know, it really yeah. takes a lot of wear and tear on poor Charles to come in and out of his void. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's that. But uh, next week, we will announce the winners of season three. Obviously, we'll have a truncated season four and we'll do some fun stuff. But be on the lookout for... Pop quiz everyone, I guess, is mm-hmm. what we're going to... I mean, we <laughs> don't need to go. call it that, but it is... I kind of like it, though. I like it, too. We are melding pop quiz asshole and pop quiz audience together, and we are doing general Keanu trivia that we haven't covered yet, past movies uh-huh. trivia that we haven't covered. We're going into a lot of different things that we haven't talked about yet for trivia, and it's going to be an all-trivia-only episode, so... It's very exciting. So mm-hmm. we will tweet out all the details and what you need to do and what you need to sign up for to, to do all that. It's a little bit of friction, but I think we can make it work. So, uh, yeah, you can find me on the internet at Dark Driving. Uh, Twitter and Instagram are the best two places to do that. Obviously, at Cool Breeze Pod. Keep sending all of the good vibes and all that stuff. And uh, Keep your yeah, fingers crossed that- for me that I finally get some unemployment money. Everybody. Right. Do, I need your, I need your good also. vibes, please. Yeah. Do that. Do that. That's that's a wrap for season three. Oh my gosh. We did. Oh my gosh. So I'm gonna press this button right here like I always do. Huh. Oh, chat, you are the best. All the listeners, everyone who wrote in with questions and everything. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us live. And in the words of Billis Preston and Ted Theodore Logan. Be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. <laughs>